Welcome to the C3 Church podcast. Here at church, we are passionate about people and helping them in their walk with God. We hope this Sunday message speaks to you today. Hello, my name is Phil and I'm the church online pastor and today I will be kicking off a brand new speaking series called The Chosen based on the TV series of the same name, The Chosen. First of all, I want to welcome all of you that are watching today. Church Online, our regular community that join us every Sunday online on our Facebook and YouTube platforms and our other platforms. You are so welcome here. This is a special series for online Catch up. We have lots of people watching our content during the week that get the stream and watch uh, watch later on. So there'll be lots of people on holiday, I can imagine right now, who are normally going to one of our locations and they're using catch up to uh, connect with the message. Hello, welcome. I want to encourage if you are a regular person that uses catch up and you don't necessarily interact, interact. We are all about interacting and saying hello and building community and it's really important that we do so so many people chat to me and say hey i'm regular on um your platforms but you never i don't really ever say hello and i really encourage you it really makes a big difference that you interact the most you can say hello where you're watching from if you've enjoyed a message give a thumbs up all those social links you might be watching from another location you know might normally attend a Barry, our Barry St. Edmunds or our cultural location. You might be watching today. Hello and prisons. Welcome today. You are joining us and you've, you see my face a lot and I just want to welcome you today. This is a special message for you also. Lots of different ways to connect with church through our stream and we really love that we can Uh, facilitate so much connection just through a stream. But I want to encourage of all things to be interactive, to respond. Prisons, you can write to us. Make sure that you do. We love hearing your testimonies. If you're on an online platform, you have a multitude, loads of different ways to write to us, to connect with us, to share and like. So please make sure you do that. Hey, I want to explain why we are here in the studio in Cambridge and not live in the auditorium in Cambridge. They are right now showing a series in which we can't show online. If we did, the stream would be taken down straight away because Facebook, YouTube are quite touchy about content and we don't want to ever do that to our stream, uh, in particular Church Online or any other uh, uh, people that use our content just because it doesn't make any sense. People do call me and talk to me and say, hey, can we see what's in the auditorium at Cambridge right now? And you're not going to be able to, mainly because if we put the content upline in any format, it's gonna be taken down straight away. So we have a wonderful platform today, uh, Church Online, to use the stream to have our custom preaching series, The Chosen, today, which is very exciting, mainly because The Chosen is a really, really good TV series. Now, if you haven't watched it, I want to encourage you to watch it. First of all, it is free. It's paid for by 
thousands of people that have watched it already and they are kind of passing it on to us. And so you can log on to the website at any, any point and just watch them for free or on an app. And don't worry if you don't wanna watch it or if you can't watch it, and that'd be some of you, uh, because it's all based around the Bible. And we really wanted to mirror what was going on in our location, Cambridge, today. They are showing a summer at the movies. So we are kind of borrowing that idea by using a TV series. But I always want to reflect and draw things into the life of Jesus. I absolutely love Jesus. And having the opportunity to pick on something that reflects on the Bible, the story of Jesus, is something that I am always gonna wanna do, just because it's so powerful, it's so special. And so someone on our online platform suggested another movie where Jesus was a center, and I thought, whoa, The Chosen, it is popular, it is award-winning. I think it's the first series about Jesus' life. And so I thought, this is a great opportunity to talk about The Chosen. Quite a lot of people in our church love The Chosen, I love The Chosen, and can I just say, I watched The Chosen at work, and it is so incredibly powerful. I'll be working away, and boom, the power of the Holy Spirit is with me because uh, they're talking about Jesus and the stories and the things he does uh, in the Gospels. Uh, but also, I end up just crying and crying and crying. I can remember watching one episode of The Chosen at work, and no joke, I was crying in four batches, just floods of tears. I know that's not going to be a uh, selling point for some of you. Hey, I don't want to cry when I'm watching something, but I'm just more speaking into the power of God through the chosen. I've watched episodes and I felt so empowered because it's connected um, some little detail to the gospel. And I thought, wow, this is a beautiful resource. It fills in lots of little details. It is trying its best to be accurate to uh, the Bible, and it's just so rich and full of life. And that is something in which we're trying to bring in this series for these next three weeks. A challenge, I know, especially because we cannot show any clips. So prisons, you're not gonna see any clips. You're gonna see some stills, and I'm gonna to try to paint a picture of this episode that I've chosen today. So I have chosen season one, episode five, and it's called The Wedding Gift. The Wedding Gift. And that's based, that whole episode is based on Luke, to 4, 1 to 52 and John 2, 1 to 12. And I'm gonna read that verse before we continue. On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples had been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Terrible things happen at a wedding, terrible. Woman, why do you involve me, Jesus says. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to his servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars of water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw out and take it to the master of the banquet. Wow. I presume a lot of you know that verse quite well. Some of you might not. Um, and on reflection, before I go into this episode, 
It's a really short verse. This episode from The Chosen based on this is pretty much an hour long. And there's things that happen in that episode are not just around this verse. Um, it's a very tense episode and it's very dramatic, which makes for great TV watching. But this verse is actually very short. And when you look into what they've tried to do on the TV show, honor this verse, they have tried to delicately fill in some of the picture, it really adds a lot of power to these simple verses. So about this episode, season one, episode five, the wedding gift, it's all about, or the most part about the wedding. There are some other things in which I'm not gonna go into. Um, you can uh, watch that and be surprised by those elements. But a lot of the episode is about the wedding that's mentioned in the Bible verse that I just read. And what this episode does is really paint this wedding as uh, flourishing, there's friends, there's family, there's dancing, there's drinking, it's vibrant, it's going into the night with dancing and uh, laughing. Uh, Mary is connected to the bride uh, and in The Chosen they make bro Mary a friend of the bride and that's why Jesus and the disciples uh, were, were there in that episode. We're getting used to the disciples and Jesus still um, in this part of The Chosen and so it's really interesting to see some of the interplay, the relationships that are not in the verse, but they've tried to think, what would they do at a wedding? What would they say? And so it's very interesting just to watch. And can I just say, it's a really good mixture of fun and tense. This is a very, very tense episode. Um, and it's all based around this idea that the wine has run out, of course. Um, and if you've ever been to a wedding, you will watch this episode and just smile and just think, wow, that, that feels like a wedding I've been to because it happened, it was real, and it was a wedding. I think the verse um, kind of misses out some, on some of that celebration. Again, a quick verse, but it was a full day, you know, 12, 13 hours of a wedding. And it should make you smile when you watch this episode. It is uh, full of uh, happiness and joy. And the main crux of this episode, of course, is about the wine running out. And what they do really carefully is uh, invite some people in that are not in the Bible verse, the wine sellers, uh, the wine merchants, I should say, who travel to the wedding and they know that they have not brought enough wine and they're worried about it. And there's a conversation about the bride and groom not having enough money to buy more. And one of the merchants is like, well, I, I could have brought one more. That's definitely going to guarantee us. But no, they travel to the wedding without enough wine and they know that. And they bring that tension into the wedding and it never goes away. They're all the time worrying about the wine running out. And can I just say, running out of wine at a wedding is a massive embarrassment. I have been a wedding photographer for a very long time and this has happened at a wedding that I've been to and it's never good. Uh, there's always conversations about what you can do uh, connected to money. I want to tell a story about a dressmaker at a wedding. Now this dressmaker was a very good dressmaker and she had been making dresses for lots of famous people, including uh, this lovely woman who owned this massive house of this famous film producer. On the lintel of the kitchen was 
award after award after award of this filmmaker, and I was there as a photographer, and this dressmaker had um, basically got this place for her daughter. She had made a dress for her daughter, and she was in the process of getting her daughter in this wonderful, uh, fancy custom dress that she had made, and it broke. Can you imagine the tension? First of all, when that happens at a wedding, the bride is stressed because normally there's about 40 minutes before she needs to get married to do the vows, to say those words. And this was her mum. Um, the bride's mum was desperately trying to fix her dress that she had made for her daughter. Now, can you imagine if they had not got that dress fixed, that they had to really extensively push back the wedding because the dressmaker had made a dress that did not work. What effect would that have on the people that were at the wedding um, that knew that she was a dressmaker? It would have not been good. That would have got out that a dressmaker made a dress for her daughter, her bride, and then it broke. Anything like this that creates a sense of tension at a wedding has a potential for embarrassment, not only for the bride and groom, but also for the people that are involved in the wedding. In this particular story, it would have been the bride's mum, and that would have been terrible because she was a famous dress maker. So there was pressure right there to get the dress fixed so she could get married, and she did. She was slightly late. 20, 30 minutes, but she got her dress fixed for her daughter and they got married, so everything was fine. But it really illustrates this point to do with the wine merchants that they were also in this story particularly stressed that the wine was running out. And can I just say that some of you might be listening and disconnecting with this idea of how much wine they drank. Wine back then would have been different to the wine we had now, maybe watered down, not the same strength. They would have drunk more of it, but culturally it would have been, would not been appropriate for them to be drunk. So they were not drinking to be drunk. They were drinking for sustenance. So they had to drink a lot of wine. Uh, it would have been hot they would have been dancing, so wine was something that they were drinking all the time. And can I just say this episode does a great uh, job of focusing on the wine and how much wine they had to drink uh, just to be resourced. So they're drinking wine all the time. And at, at a certain point, as we hear in this verse, they run out of wine. And boy, are the wine cellars stressed. Are the bride and groom stressed? Uh, is Mary stressed and it kind of gets into something that's quite big but also hidden because not everyone at the wedding uh, should know. There's some rich guests who are starting to wonder why is there no wine and there seems to be a pause on the wine. Jesus' mama says to Jesus, hey, you're going to have to do something about that. I've always wondered how did she know that Jesus could do something? And the Bible doesn't necessarily give any hints about that. But I wonder if she knew more about her son than we did. Um, maybe he was doing miracles in the house uh, beforehand, not publicly. And she knew that Jesus could sort them out. So Mary goes straight to Jesus and say, hey, you need to come through and do something for, for this family. And Jesus, first of all, says, oh, man, my time has not yet come. I have a planned start, but it is not now. And Mary just ignores that. I've always loved that. Just ignores Jesus and goes, yeah, whatever he asks you to do, do it because 
it's going to be miraculous. And I love that Mary has that relationship, such a mother-son relationship, right? I can imagine my mum saying that to me, you need to do this. And I'm like, ah, and I'd be like, well, thank you for doing it. That's such a mother-son thing to do. And so what happens is Jesus prays over the stone jars, uh, the stone jars full of water, and they become full of wine, full of wine. An amazing story. My first point today is about the miracle that Jesus chose to do. Because I think if we were Jesus, our first miracle, or one of our first would have been a healing, maybe raising someone from the dead. But this miracle here, as Jesus warms up into his ministry, maybe not his first, is about saving some people from embarrassment, from shame, saving them from this scenario of running out of wine, which would have brought shame on the wedding and there would have been a sense of embarrassment and people would have talked about them and related to them differently. Oh, they ran out of wine at their wedding, how terrible. Remember there was potentially some rich people at this wedding and it would have been very, very embarrassing for them. But Jesus steps in and his miracle is to save them from that embarrassment, which I love, I love. And my first point is that Jesus cares about how you are known. Jesus cares about how you are known. And under, underneath maybe Jesus cares about you. This really shows that Jesus cares about how people talk about you, how people think about you. And I wanna challenge you, maybe in your life, you go through life thinking, ah, oh, no one really likes me. No one really cares for me. No one really considers my side. Jesus does, he really does. Hey, you can be a believer and still walk and think those things, but this miracle shows that Jesus cares for you, how you think, how people think about you. He cares about you. He could have just put his foot down and said, no, it's not my time, really not my time. But he did it because he was saving people from embarrassment. I think that episode and how it explains the embarrassment really well makes this really powerful. There's a lot of potential to, to have gone wrong in this wedding, far more that's uh, in the, between the lines of the text. But Jesus cares for you and me. Do you know that care of Jesus today? Do you know that he cares about how you are known? Because you should do. Sometimes we go through life uh, pushing ourselves, thinking that we are so alone that no one cares. And we need to drop that because we should turn to face Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, I know you care. I know you want to know uh, my thoughts. I love how you want me to come across the best that I can in life. I think that if we had that uh, different approach, our life would be transformed. I wanna challenge some of you, maybe that's you today. Maybe you need to switch your mind pattern to the pattern of Jesus caring for you in all things. Secondly, Jesus wants the best for you. Now, Jesus did this miracle and he filled quite a lot of containers. These containers that had uh, stone vessels that normally had water in are quite tall and quite big. So it wasn't just a small amount, but the big thing to mention here, the quality was also very 
good. Now the wine merchants uh, who had traveled to the wedding were also very good. In this episode, it's, they are complimented multiple times about the quality. They are prestigious wine sellers and they are there at the wedding because of how good they are. That's why they are worried because they have a reputation to look after, but they also were very, very good in terms of quality. Um, this episode is very good at explaining that and perhaps the reason why they are there. This miracle that Jesus does where he replaces the water with wine is really, really high quality. And the master of the banquet stands up and says, hey, normally what happens at a wedding is that everyone finishes the wine and they then bring out the lower quality wine because everyone doesn't really realize they've had a lot of wine. But this is different. In this case, you've brought along the best quality wine after the, the high quality wine, wine already. And he was jubilant. The bride and groom are like, oh, I have no idea what's happened. The wine sellers are like, uh, okay, this is incredible. The disciples are like, yeah, we're getting used to this by now. And everyone is celebrating and everyone is happy. And my second point is that Jesus not only cares for you and how you are known, but he wants the best for you. Not like for like, not the same as you've been used to, but best, the best for you. Jesus wants the best for you. I don't know if that's hitting home with you today, but Jesus wants the best for you. Prisons, hey, are you hearing that? The best, the best for you. Jesus wants the best for you. And I absolutely love that that wine was of a higher quality than the wine that went before it. So amazing. And the wine sellers must have been so thankful, but so amazed because water, wine, there's a long process in, in making wine. And there was, there's a really beautiful moment at the end when the, the wine merchants are just there being like, but, the, but, and it's wonderful to see because they knew it wasn't possible. They absolutely knew it wasn't possible. And I've had moments like that in my life where God has moved. Someone's been healed before my eyes. Healing has happened in my life. And I'm like, I, I cannot explain what has happened. I have no idea. And um, one of the wine uh, merchants turns to the other wine merchants and says, hey, you need to stop thinking. You think too much. And I don't know if you are like me, but I think all the time in every scenario, every little thing I do, every little thing I speak, every little interaction, I'm thinking all the time. And a lot of the time, my thinking gets in the way of my relationship with God because I am overthinking. This wine seller says to this other wine seller, hey, stop thinking so much. Sometimes God is interacting with us. Sometimes God is performing miracles and we're overthinking things. And my last point really is part of that. These stories are alive. Let them keep surprising you. Let them keep surprising you. I love the stories of Jesus because I turn to them and I'm like, wow, how amazing is my God? How amazing is uh, God, that he sent his son to us. These stories are wonderful. Don't let them grow old. Let them keep surprising you. This story with the wine merchants uh, in, in The Chosen definitely hit me because they were like, wow, 
We can't do anything but wonder and worship. We're going to stop thinking and we're going to follow you. We're going to travel a long way because of what you've done. We don't believe. We don't understand. Stop thinking. Let the stories of Jesus surprise you. So to recap, let the stories of Jesus surprise you again and again and again. Read them. And be surprised about the power of Jesus coming through the pages into your life. God wants the very best for you in your life. Not just like for like, the very best. If you walk the way with Jesus, sure, it's going to be hard, but he wants the best for you. And finally, God cares for you. Now, I don't know if you know the care of God in your life. But right now, I want to give you the opportunity, if you do not know the care of God, to experience that care in your life. I'm going to say a simple prayer, and I want you to say the words line after line after me. Father, I'm so thankful that you care for me. I'm sorry for the things I've done in my life where I have gone my own way and the things I have done wrong in my life that have put me between you. Right now, I accept you as my Lord and Savior and I want to know your care for me in my life. In your name, amen. Now, if you said that for the first time or as a recommitment, we want to celebrate with you. We think that's fantastic news. That's a great decision. Probably the best decision you could ever make. If you are in prisons, write to us. Say, hey, I made a decision to become a Christian. Or if you're in prison and some of that message to you today spoke to you, we would love to know. Write to us at the address on the screen. Hey, if that spoke to you in any other format, online, respond to that. If you became a Christian, we would love to know and celebrate again with you. I really hope that message has spoken to you today, that Jesus cares for you. He wants the best for you and that you shouldn't let the stories of Jesus stop surprising you in your life. Come to them afresh every day and think, Jesus, I'm ready to be influenced, to be surprised by you in your life. Thank you so much. We will see you again soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the C3 Podcast. If this message has spoken to you today in some way, we would love to know. Reach out to us at hello at the c3.uk. And if you want to extend the reach of what we do here, why not consider giving by going to the c3.uk forward slash giving. And as always, subscribe to our channel and share this episode with a friend. We hope to see you soon.